0: Welcome, Seekers, to God Beyond the Bible, the podcast by Seekers and for Seekers, and uh, let me start off this episode. I think this is number 13, and that's what it says at the top of my paper. Uh, <laughs> thanks thanks to our faithful listeners and to our new listeners we gain each week. Uh, have we got some new, got anybody we need to shout out to there?
1: Yeah, we have um, Charles in Costa Rica.
0: Hey, Charles.
1: And our listener... We have one in Switzerland, one in Virginia, and I'm going to butcher the name of this country. And I'm so sorry, but Ghana, G H A I N
0: mean, A. It probably is. I that think sounds so. good to yeah. me. Okay.
1: And also to our listener, Kissy Face. And I know that's just the username. Hey, and let but. me say
0: something right here. It's okay to have usernames. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put your real name. Mm-hmm. You want to listen to this? Uh, I don't even use my real name. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm only kidding. You know I do. Hey, uh, anybody else? D- Tabitha, did you have anybody? Tabitha's here, present? Yep, here? I'm here. Oh, right. and
1: to Gary in Arkansas. Gary. Listens.
0: Okay, Gary. Good to have Great. you. Uh, uh, you know, our mission here is to be open-minded and discuss all kinds of issues and, and and the topics and questions that are real to us and the world we live in. And it, no matter how far they are, they out uh, how far out they are. And today's topic is, of course, one of those. And it's a topic I personally have been anxious to bring up. I've been just wanting to do this from episode one, but I didn't think this was the first. Ought to be the first episode. <laughs> the question of whether we're alone in the universe. So we can call it an episode on UFOs or life on other planets or alien visitors or, uh, are there UFOs or are we, what, are we alone?
1: Well, and I think. It might be a
0: good title. Are we alone? are
1: we alone? And that kind of brings us into segment one. And our question is going to be, can religion more expressively Christianity coexist with life on other planets?
0: And, uh. Uh, me kindly being in the teaching in the, in the Christian field all these years, uh, I've read statements of other Christian leaders and teachers who have had basically the same experience as myself. Uh, I've had more than one person indicate that when we finally do discover the evidence of life on other planets, that it will destroy the whole foundation of religion and the belief in God. And that
1: kind of blows my mind a little bit. In my mind, I can't imagine. But that's a common
0: concept, and we're going to talk about that in this segment. Uh, Most are shocked when I reply that not only do I believe there is life on other planets somewhere, I believe we already have evidence of it. And, of course, here comes out my conspiracy side. Or at (laughs) least many, if not most of our world leaders already know it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it will become public knowledge in my lifetime. And remember, I'm pushing that three score mark does anybody know what three score is anymore that's 60 i'm pushing that 60 mark scores 20 girls
2: no i knew that I okay four score Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: that's 80 okay score. okay my curiosity has always been how could the discovery of alien life equate to the absence of a creator now i've got to think that these well-educated and intelligent friends and i'm not saying that in a snide way they are uh, automatically think that if some alien life on other uh, on another planet should contact us and reveal themselves to us, that they are automatically more advanced and intelligent, and I'm going to say that they may be, uh, that they're automatically more advanced and intelligent than we humans on Earth are, and to be more intelligent and advanced automatically makes them atheists. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I really have a problem Isn't with that. that. Kind of, is
0: that kind of concept that we have, though, the smarter you are? The less likely you are to believe we in God. We do, mm-hmm.
1: and yet you watch scientists, or at least I do. I'm a huge documentary nut. Me and my husband watch them all the time. I love documentaries, yeah, and all subjects. The more you watch, the more advanced scientists become in their studies, the more they begin to realize that there's design in everything. And I think the more advanced we become, if we let it, the more it's going to lead back to the creator of everything.
0: Well, I believe uh, I, I, I've said that. Uh, now here's where I get a little defensive and my defensive side will come out. Believing on God's not reserved for the illiterate, ignorant, and uneducated. There are a lot of really smart people who are believers in God. Mm-hmm. And yes, on Jesus Christ is God's way of extending immortality to this creation that he dearly loves. I've said it before. When we let sci- true scientific study and research take us wherever it will, it's going to lead the scientist as it already has so many to the conclusion that everything has design built into it. And if there's design, what?
1: There must be a designer.
0: Yeah, there's no design without a designer. Uh, Let me say in the defense of true scientists, uh, it has been the religious leaders. Now, you guys can correct me if you disagree with this. But in my opinion, it's been the religious leaders throughout history who have contributed greatly to the division and the conflict between the scientific and religious communities. What do you all think of that statement?
1: Would agree, I was doing a lot of research on this, and of course, a lot of my research comes from YouTube because I like to watch videos from other what people. What would we in do without
2: opinions. YouTube? I
1: know, you know, I know. Where we live in one, I of love my, YouTube. <laughs> one of my quotes that I came across, and it kind of blew my mind a little when the guy said it is, and I quote, If my theology and your science disagree, it's your science that is wrong.
0: Oh, wow, is it not have to see that that just reveals the Worst part yeah. of it Christ does. of Christianity, it does. doesn't it? I yes. mean, doesn't it really? It, it does. just reveals the 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 worst part. Uh, did you have something else, Tracy? No, that was on, on June the twenty second, sixteen thirty three. Does anybody remember that? <laughs> I was there. <laughs> okay, now let's remember back then in sixteen thirty three, June the twenty second. The Catholic Church pretty well handed everything. If it didn't matter if it had to do science, medicine, whatever, it had to be cleared through the Roman mm-hmm. Catholic Church. Everybody understands that mm-hmm. period of time. Uh, some call it the Dark Ages. Uh, the Catholic Church handed down this order and decree, and here's how it reads. We pronounce, judge, and declare that the said Galileo Galilea, and I didn't know he had two names and that they were that close together. No, that was his last I guess it's his last name, right?
1: I, I, guess. I guess.
0: Okay. We pronounce, judge, and declare that the said Galileo Galilea have rendered yourself vehemently suspected by this holy office, in capital letters, of heresy that is, of having believed and held the doctrine that is false and contrary to the holy and divine scriptures. Now, I'll talk about that later. That the Son <laughs> is the sin. This is what he believed, and this is what he's being held. He's, been, he's on trial here. Mm-hmm. He's been on trial with the Catholic Church, and this is what he's on trial for. This is Galileo. Uh, having believed and held the doctrine that is false and contrary to the holy and divine scriptures, that the Son is the center of the world, and that it does not move from east to west, and that the earth does move and is not the center of the world. <laughs> Galileo agreed not to teach the heresy anymore, and he spent the rest of his life under house arrest. It took more than 300 years for the church to admit he was right and declare his name of the heresy conviction. Little benefit to Galileo, right? Right. 300 years <laughs> later. uh, uh I found this a little interesting. I'm going to throw this in right here, and we're and I know I'm running long on this uh, first segment, but uh, a Forbes a Forbes you know like the Forbes magazine uh-huh. Forbes contributor uh, Trevor Nace I think is the way you pronounce his name on April fourth of 20, 2018 uh, did a survey, and I looked at the survey, and I'm not saying that it was a legitimate the way he did it. It's good for the headline, but the headline reads only two thirds of millennials think the Earth is round. <laughs> And I'll just leave that alone right there. Okay, this is but one of many examples, and I'm talking about the Galileo thing, of religion refusing to acknowledge the legitimacy of true scientific study and contributing to the conflict of the two communities. It's kind of amusing that we as believers enjoy the benefits of the scientific community, don't we?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. We're ready
0: to take advantage of the benefits. And I have the, my glasses yeah, on now. Yeah, I mean. me, me, me too. And I have those hard contacts that I have to put in my eyes and all those things, but they make me be able to see over mm-hmm. my eye disease. But we seem as though we oppose the work and the study to which they're committed. How many times have you heard them doing something, girls, and you say, oh, they're playing God. Mm-hmm. They're playing yeah. God. These scientists are playing God. Uh, when my intelligent colleagues and yes, very good friends present me with this alien life scenario, they're often left speechless when I ask them, and what if our, and this is the question I ask him, what if our intelligent alien counterparts come to us proclaiming that God is real and has created them as well as everything else in the universe? Will that make all of your scientific research of none effect? Of and,
1: course not. And of course
0: it won't. Certainly not. No more than than uh, their existence make a creator. You know, than their than their existence would make a creator of no effect. Listen, friends, if God who is who we say He is, we call Him Theos, the exceedingly great and good uh, force uh, energy being in the universe, and I make it no secret I believe He is then nothing he created is going to disprove his own existence, if it's true science. After all, he put all the laws of study we base our research on into existence. Mm -hmm. In other words, he made the laws of science, physics, and nature, those we understand and those we haven't yet discovered. And about aliens, if if there's aliens, he made them too, even if they don't acknowledge it.
1: I agree, and, you know, I figure God's a pretty busy guy, and I think he probably has a lot of irons in the fire, so I don't suppose he has to keep me updated on every little thing he does. And
0: and that's kind of what this is about. So that brings us to the close of segment one.
2: Welcome back to episode 13 of God Beyond the Bible, our podcast made by seekers and for seekers. Today's episode topic is life on other planets, and we talked about in the first segment how some in the scientific community think that the conclusive evidence of life on other planets would destroy the concept of God as creator.
1: And that brings us into our topic for segment two. And in this segment, we want to ask ourselves and the audience this question. Are we alone as life on Earth, or is there life out there somewhere? And do you think we'll ever discover it if there is?
0: Well, on December 8, 2017, the New York Post released the results of a survey taken in, this is taken in 24 countries, uh, by the research group Localities. It's hard for me to look at that and pronounce that. The research group Localities, they surveyed more than 26,000 people. Uh, in that survey... believe in the existence of intelligent alien civilizations in the universe. Uh, 61% answered yes when asked if they believe there is some form of life on other planets. Only 25% of those surveyed said that they do not think any life exists beyond our Earth. Now, Russians having the highest percentage of those who believe in intelligent life on other planets was 68%, and the Netherlands ranking the most skeptical, having the lowest at twenty eight percent. I know nothing about the Netherlandial culture <laughs> <laughs> culture there. So what would cause that? But that was I thought that was odd. There's probably some reasoning behind that. But anyway, okay. The question for our group is, and this is us here and then anyone that might be listening love to hear mm-hmm. from you. Uh question for our group is on a scale of one to ten. Ten being the most likely. What do you think is the likelihood of conclusive evidence of any form of life, past or present, being discovered on another planet in your lifetime? Now, zero being there's no chance it's not going to happen, 10 being I think it's going to happen any day, I guess. I don't know. But what do what you think? And I'm going to go to Tracy first.
1: I'm going to give it a 7. Um, I don't think we're going to necessarily have the technology in my life time to go elsewhere you know long distance out to other stars to search
0: well and we're getting the mars probe thing though i mean you we know even though we had a couple of failed mars missions there mm-hmm. but now we've got what the mars rover
1: we and do. it just shut
0: down, didn't it? This, this yeah,
1: after I think eight, 16, 18 years or something when it was only not, supposed
0: to no, it hasn't been that long, has it?
1: It was only supposed to last six months and it ended up lasting years okay, and years yeah. longer. Because but
0: because we had two early two thousands we had mm-hmm. two failed Mars missions that we didn't that we didn't get the land but we did get it on okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. No,
1: that's okay. Trace but I'm not sure that the powers that be would ever let us have any conclusive proof. No, that there's life just, on other planet. conspiracy. conspiracy. It's I am. conspiracy. Everything's a conspiracy,
2: conspiracy
0: theorist. Hey, there's a lot of conspiracies in the Bible.
1: In you ever H- read H- the
0: Bible? <laughs> there's a bunch of conspiracy going on there. What do you think? Tab?
2: I don't know. I, I think I agree with Trayson. I kind of think that we may have already found that evidence. Mm-hmm. And I, I but I'm not sure that it'll ever be made public knowledge,
1: you
0: know. Uh, short of what? I mean, I mean there's been some excitings where Thousands have seen. I think short
1: of a movie-style ship, you know, hovering over a city for weeks on end, I think it would be. It would have to be something that was irrefutable and possibly beyond being able to just shut down. Yeah. If
0: if they're if they're looking for intelligent life, will it be in Washington? (laughs) (laughs) I I, no. Listen, love you guys in Washington. Love you all in Washington. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, It might not be in Arkansas either. (laughs) We'd love to hear what you think. The question is, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most likely, what do you think is the likelihood of conclusive evidence of any form of life, past or present, being discovered on another planet in your lifetime? And, of course, me. Let me give my answer. Uh, My lifetime's not going to be as long as you guys, but I really think I'm I'm 7 or 8. I think, well, you know, I'm the same way. I think we already have the evidence.
1: But, and I'm going to go ahead and say, too, when you're listening to this episode, I know you guys know we record them a few weeks ahead, but yeah. drop a comment yeah. under mm-hmm. the episode if you're listening on the website. On any episode I turn the comments on, you can comment and we'll get back with you. Yeah,
0: and, and this is, we're recording this in the, around the 1st of March and it may not be released till April.
1: Right. Because
0: it's, it's, this is episode 13. Okay. But I don't want to get into that. That messes up with my mind. I don't like to think. Of that. <laughs> That's like time travel. Okay. Uh, Disclosed TV, or Disclosed.TV, uh, has a supposed declassified transcript, transcript release detailing the CIA briefing of President Ronald Reagan on alien encounters. Now, I did not watch it. I actually read the transcript. Anybody watch it? Anybody else? Do? I have watched it. You have watched it? Okay. Didn't pretty much follow the transcript, I take it. Like many things today, one cannot prove or disprove the authenticity of this document, which is a conversation that took place uh, at Camp David, Maryland. The meeting took place on March the 6th through the 8th, 1981. The meeting included President Ronald Reagan, chief advisor William Casey, Secretary Weinberger, and an enigmatic person known only by the code name, the caretaker. Now, I do recall President Reagan's speech in September of 87 when he stated that the world would drop its differences and and unite should the Earth be invaded by an alien force from another world. Now, that's not the direct quote, but it was something like that that he said. It can be found online. Okay, in this supposed uh, transcript, the crash of the alien craft and alien bodies recovered from Roswell, New New Mexico were confirmed. So let's talk about the Roswell event just a little. It's probably the most worldwide known. I want to go. I'd like to just go to Roswell, even though this never even happened in Roswell. Right. This was some 70 miles or something north of, or west of Roswell. In short, one morning, on or about Independence Day in 1947, local rancher Mike Brazel, and excuse me if I mispronounced his name, found something unusual in his sheep pasture on his farm about 70 miles from the town of Roswell, New Mexico, it has been described as a mess of metallic sticks and chunks of plastic, scraps of foil-like glossy material. Unable to identify the curious articles, uh, Brazel uh, contacted the Roswell sheriff, who in turn contacted the nearby then Roswell Army Air Force base. And shortly thereafter, soldiers fanned out across Mac Brazel's field, gathering the mysterious debris and whisked it away, whisked it away in armored trucks. Now, this much of the story has been confirmed from all sides, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody agrees on that much of the story. It is at this point that things get really confusing, and it appears there has been a great effort by some to clutter up, muddy up the waters and clutter up the details with all kinds of conflicting information or maybe misinformation. Now, a person must research for himself. There was for sure a newspaper article released quoting a military official that an alien craft had been recovered. That's right, isn't it? Yes. I mean that.
1: It was on the next morning's edition after and, the crash happened. And, 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 the,
0: and the guy's name, and I should have researched and got the his rank, and. but okay. That article was recanted the next day and replaced with the story of the fallen weather balloon that we've all heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a. There is also, though, the personal testimony of the rancher's son that one must also take into account. Did anybody watch anything on this? Did you guys? I
1: think I have watched nearly every documentary on Roswell. Tabitha's shaking her head, no. Including um, the Richard Doty responses, which if you haven't done any research on Mr. Doty, he claims to have been an Air Force, um, a member of the Air Force, and he did a lot of misinformation in their publicity well
0: let's just really be honest if you want to really make and especially now we're even it's maybe it's even worse today than it well but then especially when you had the big three the media Mm -hmm. if you wanted to really sway people's mind just get on there and look official put on something look official and just say now here's what really happened and the rest (laughs) of you guys are nuts okay and that's not what they said but basically that's what it came down to the question one must ask here is if this event was a real alien spacecraft what would the motive be for concealing the fact from the people any any comments
1: i think mine always goes back to fear you know from a fear that people would panic and be uncontrollable to a fear that once the knowledge was given out um, petty plays for power and control of the masses would be obsolete it would be impossible we would all have something bigger to be focused on what much like ronald reagan said
0: and, and I also think that maybe it's just that the advances in technology was just too important. We don't want to share that, do we? No. no. I mean, if that was in America, the United States, New Mexico, why share that information with everybody? Because I mean, it
1: all comes back to power.
0: I've had some friends with fairly high security clearances in the government who have more or less indicated to me that events such as this are fairly regular occurrences and are never talked about or reported. If somebody don't, and even I mean, did you guys do any study on the Kicks, the Kecksburg, Pennsylvania incident, December 9th nineteen sixty-five? I
2: did. I watched. I watched a documentary on that. So. pretty
0: amazing stuff. Yeah. Over you know, like a thousand people saw this thing, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a you know, it was always the the official government story. It was a meteorite right that's that's what it came out it was a meteor Mm -hmm. right and well and some of them they said it was nothing we found nothing Mm -hmm. yes but the citizens watched them haul something out on the back of the truck about the size of a volkswagen beetle Mm -hmm. and uh, that's what everybody said that was kind of and and it come in the kids that saw you know kids people say well they're kids you can't believe in you know kids don't lie you know these kids remembered this and it came in in a controlled Mm -hmm. manner about like watching they said it didn't just whisk over like a meteor it came in and maybe 200 feet and 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 turned yeah and turned made a controlled turn and then landed but that'd be good for you folks if you want to if you want to look at the Kexburg thing it would be something good to look at and we're out of time now for segment two and we'll be going to segment three
2: Welcome back to God Beyond the Bible, a podcast by Seekers and for Seekers. We're in segment three, and today's topic is Alien Life. Are we alone in the universe? In segment one, we discussed what impact, if any, the conclusive evidence of life on other planets would have on religion, namely Christianity. To those who seem to think it would be the demise of believing in God, we propose the counter question. What
1: if the evidence showed this alien life? believed in god and that brought us into segment two where we talked about the percentages of folks who believe in life on other planets and president reagan's speech that brought up the prospect of an alien threat to earth and the well-known roswell incident
0: and let me jump in for a second before you do that next part actually you guys don't remember it you can't remember it of course but ronald reagan was the one that came up with the star wars defense program he did he absolutely he did uh, the Star Wars. Did. Okay, go ahead, Tracy.
1: Well, that brings us into segment three. Our segment topic is going to be um, about aliens and, or at least alien craft, or if you will, the evidence of spaceships in the Bible.
0: Uh, let's go ahead and jump in the deep end and bring up Eric Von Daniken's Chariots of the Gods. For those who may not be familiar, this is a book first written in German and then later translated into English by Michael Heron. The book was written in 1968 and proposed the hypothesis that much of the Old Testament writings could actually be accounts of people having had an encounter with alien beings or advanced intelligence from beyond the earth where they might be perceived as gods. Now, before anyone blows up shuts down the podcast on their device, <laughs> let me say that Danikin was raised and still proclaims to be a believer. He was then Catholic, I think.
1: He was, and he now just claims to be a believer in Christ and a believer in God. He um, kind of split with the Catholic Church because the more he realized how big God was, the yeah. more he stopped identifying with any particular sect of Christianity. Doesn't that kind
0: of go back to Galileo? I mean, even doesn't even fit in. and, And we're not picking on. Remember, the Catholic Church. Whatever criticism they get, they had the reins for twelve hundred years.
1: They did. They so did.
0: let's always remember that. Uh, Daniken really doesn't make any claims to say this is what happened. He instead just asks questions. I think some someone said he asked like nine thousand questions in that book. He
1: does the entire book as one question after another. Do you think it's possible?
0: Uh, he just didn't. He just in, asked questions in search possibilities as alternative explanations. A History Channel series has developed from this hypothesis. Uh, of Danikins. It's called Ancient Aliens, and I've watched most, if not all, of it. Now, I, I, 11 seasons of it. Is, is there more than 11? How many seasons are Are they still going on?
1: There are 14 seasons 14 right seasons. now. I'm We're behind. about to start the 15th, and my husband and I never miss an episode. I'm really behind because I haven't started it yet. <laughs> Tabitha
0: hasn't even watched it. She just watched Chariots of the Gods on YouTube, the 1970 version. Yes. And and, and I'm yeah. going to go ahead and say it, it's kind of a dry, if you don't understand the concept, it's sort of a dry right. film. Uh, it's kind of like one of those films you watched in high school. If <laughs> not, yeah. uh, I find it fascinating just to see the archaeological mysteries all over the earth that we might never know about otherwise. You know what about the Nazca? The Nazca lines are one of my favorite. Yeah. If you're not familiar, look at that in Peru. The Nazca lines, mm-hmm. Easter Island.
1: That yeah, the That's Moai. Amazing.
0: Yeah, and uh, interestingly, uh, I'm going to throw this in, and I didn't tell you guys about this, but I think I've mentioned this before. But when the Israelites camp. Mm-hmm. They were there were specific rules of how they set up their camp. They set up the tabernacle in the center. Then on the east side would be so many tribes, on the west side yes. so many tribes, on the north side so many tribes, and on the south side. And a very intelligent friend of mine showed me how that was set up, and he was smart about. It. I mean, he used mm-hmm. their own figures and showed and he said, "Did you know that from space that looked like a giant cross, and at night it would be a giant flaming cross?"
1: How neat. Wow.
0: i just i don't think it's so why would why would they do that because they couldn't perceive that that's what it looked like sure only from space that's like the nazca lines and all the other things mm-hmm. that we're talking about here uh, one of the events of the Bible that is uh, that is discussed is that of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel is a hard read. Has anybody ever, y'all read it all the way through? I
1: have it? not. I am just coming through Lamentations though, so oh, it's coming up. There.
0: It's it's kind of <laughs> like watching the Chariots of the gods. The, you know, it's kind of watching those films in high school. But you know, I'm just going But it's clear that the character of this book, Eli or uh, Ezekiel, encountered a craft that was, for lack of words, alien. It wasn't of this world. Uh, It's not hard to imagine a spacecraft when you read the detailed description of Ezekiel's encounter. You just have to read the first chapter to get Mm -hmm. that part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, You read that detailed description of his encounter, and right down to the gyroscope, remember? He talks about the wheel. Within the
1: wheel. The
0: wheel within the wheel, yeah. And uh, all of this is in, of course, chapter 1 of Ezekiel. Now, one must ask, if these things were angels as many think they were, why did they need a craft to fly in?
1: Well, and that goes back to Eric Von Daniken. One of the things he says is, you know, God himself does not need a craft to travel the world, and nor would his angels have to have a craft if he sent them here. A- at
0: least our concept of God, right? Yes. Is that he, don't, you know, time and space.
1: Well, and you will find, once again with Von Daniken, it's always, my God. Yeah. Doesn't, he doesn't want to push any of his beliefs right, on anyone on else. else, and neither do we.
0: And especially, you know, this craft that with wheels that landed when they touched on earth and the craft that made a whooshing roar when it rose and flew away. And then there's, uh, you know, what about, it's, it's almost close to Elijah's vanishing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the chariot comes down. Why did, why did, why did God need, to, he's going to take him in a whirlwind, or that said the chariot took him in a whirlwind. Why did it need to be a roar and a flash of fire and a chariot? And let's always remember. No matter who we are, right now, if you and I saw a, an, an alien craft of some kind, we're going to describe it in the language in terms, right, that we're yeah. familiar with, familiar to us. We're not going to say, and it was a spacecraft and had a gyroscope <laughs> and all. We're going to say it had this wheel inside this, right? Yes.
1: yes. It's just like now when you read, you know, people who have seen UFOs, it's, Well, it was like an airplane, but it hovered like a helicopter Mm -hmm. and had no noise. And it had an afterburn like a rocket. We're going
0: to use those familiar terms. Some think this may have been the very object that led Moses and the children of Israel in the wilderness that is described as a pillar of fire by night and a cloud of smoke by day. And that's in the end of Exodus chapter 40, if you want to read about that. Uh, When it would raise up in the air, they broke camp and followed it. Now, the question comes, if this speculation were true, then does it mean that God isn't real or doesn't exist? Not at all. He'll always be God. He's supreme and master over all things. Uh, you know, he, he, he's intelligent. Yeah. Uh, this might be a good time to tell you. I've had my own personal encounter, for lack of a better terms, with the UFO. I've been wanting to say this. I've alluded to this several times. Let me just tell you about it. We have a couple of minutes mm-hmm. left? Okay. Yeah. Let me just tell you about it. It was here in the area, very close to where we are right now in the studio. In fact, it was in front of what used to be an old studio and, and uh uh, uh Tracy was a baby. It's 1990. She was a, just a baby. And uh, Tabitha was seven years old, mm-hmm. about then, about seven years old. But anyway, I was outside. I don't know. I wasn't outside. A neighbor called me and said, what is that over your house? And I said, oh, there's no telling. They said, no, really? What is that over your house? And so uh, I go and, and I, I should have talked to the neighbors before I brought this and see if they could remember it. Mm-hmm. But I, So I went outside and looked and sure enough, there's this craft Over my house, it's making absolutely no noise. It's hovering right over the. It was triangular, of shaped, and and I'm watching it, and I'm just in awe. It's like, what is this thing? And it looked like it was as close as maybe less than 500 feet in the air. I mean, it was big, huge. It flies off. It it just takes off, no whooshing noise, nothing. It takes off. It goes to the east. It circles all the way around to the north. I'm assuming because it I, it disappeared into the east, comes back from the west again right over me, I'm still standing outside, and it's right over me, and this thing just, no, no noise, does it again, it takes off to the east, makes that sink, comes back from the west, hovers right over the top of me, now, uh, at that time, by the, about the third time, I'm going to say the third time, I can't remember it that clearly, I so I run in, I'm trying to get my wife to look, and it's like, she doesn't even care (laughs) what's going on out there outside it's cold out there i don't care what's going on outside the house but anyway uh the uh uh, thing is is then one of the times i'm going to say the third or the fourth time that this happened i had run in and got a spotlight Mm -hmm. and it would turn on a light by the way like a land just a single light in the middle of it that would shine down toward the ground i don't know why i didn't step into the beam that's what everybody does right but but it would do that every time so i thought i'm going to shine a light on it so i when it came this last time, I whipped And this last time that it came, it had a, I, I, I can only discuss See, Here's the terms, familiar terms. Mm-hmm. It looked like a hose coming out the back of it, great big, maybe three, four inches in diameter, maybe bigger. And it rolled, and it kind of circled it like it floated in the air. If you can imagine a garden hose kind of in an S shape, and and on the end of it was something else, like another little craft huh. with a light on it. Huh. That was just pretty amazing. I, I I won't ever forget it, and I know what I've seen. And uh, but anyway, so I threw my spotlight on it. At that time it disappeared, and at that time I didn't have any kind of video camera. I don't think I even had a camera. Right. Possibly. I don't. I didn't have a video camera handy anyway. But anyway, uh, so uh, I threw the spotlight on it. Whooshed. I say whooshed away. No noise disappeared now this is up here in the country we don't have cars going by Mm -hmm. this is not you know we're up here where nothing's there's no sounds but the frogs and the dogs barking and stuff like that and then so I called the neighbors back I said man they said yeah we saw it and we even went on the back of their place and and looked at it and tried to look for it and never saw it again but that experience was real and uh, so until you've had an experience like that you know, you can just always say, ah, yeah, you know, this, you know. Well, and
1: along with your neighbors, you also had a deputy. Had a
0: deputy that came, and he brought a video camera, but it was too late by the time he got there. It's kind of like the Bigfoot thing, isn't it? Yeah. You get that real blurry vision. Yeah, I saw him. He was right down there, and he was (laughs) eight foot tall, and, all this stuff, and I could see that, but I just know what, and I, you know, I have no reason to mislead anyone. It was just an experience, and, and it could have been I'm not saying it was from another planet, it could have been technology from it, but folks, it was unidentified, it was flying, and it was an object. That's all. Exactly. <laughs> That's all.
2: Well, and I think there's two things that really hang us up when it comes to one, you say the word alien, and people uh, think. These crazy spaceships with little green men marching around. I mean, that's honestly me your mind, cause, and,
0: and actually they're gray. Gray. I'm oh, sorry. No, no, Excuse I'm just, me. Okay. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> and then too, you know, we talked about this a little bit among ourselves, but the biggest thing is just I think that we as humans tend to think that we're the. I think it's a pride thing. We can't. Ego. We can't Ego. accept that we're not the biggest and most important thing. Yeah. We're not In the, the center of the universe. It be exactly. <laughs>
0: and What if? Yeah, yeah. Galileo called. <laughs> Copernicus called. You're not the center of the universe. Uh, would it, wouldn't it be amazing? And I mean, if they had, if they had a planet and it wasn't Earth. Remember, the Bible's for planet Earth.
1: Yes. It doesn't
0: talk about anything else. If there were other planets, would they have?
1: It's possible. A word
0: from God? People yeah. that you know, I mean I don't think it's a impo- direct I,
1: contact with him that's yeah. not been broken by sin?
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's likely. I think it's not just possible, it's likely. Are we ready to conclude? Mm-hmm. Are we about out I of time I think so. Okay. The my conclusion. Uh if it were so and don't freak out, I'm not saying it is, that God was a superior race, where he was equaled. By some of his own kind. Now, I said this to a guy. He said, I can show you in the Bible where it says there is no other God. Besides. Well, for us, there is no other God. Right. I agree with that. Sure, I'm cool with that. There is no other God. But-
1: I'm going to step in on your conclusion for a minute and just let people know this was the answer that satisfied my mind to where did God come from when I was a kid? This was the answer that you gave me.
0: Well, yeah, and I think what mm-hmm. was that answer was like, sis, if there if he if he was a if there was a hundred just like him or a thousand just like him, it doesn't change who he is to us.
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: He's our creator. Uh so if, if you know, if God was of a superior race where he was equaled by some other of his own kind, it does not change who he is to us. He created us, he loves us, he's found it necessary in his plan. Uh, for us as mankind on earth to send us Christ in our own form, for us to know that He cares and has a bigger plan for us. Mm-hmm. Not many want to talk about the facts that in the book of Genesis, all through the first chapter, the title for God is Elohim. Does anyone in Elohim, which is actually a plural word translated God's, G O D S, not apostrophe S, mm-hmm. G O D S, plural. And Elohim said, this is the way the Bible reads, and Elohim said, let us make man in our image. And I know, oh, well, that was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Everybody's because we've got to explain it. But that's not really what it it said. And the gods said, let us make man in our image. It wasn't until the foreman of Adam in Genesis chapter 2 that he took the title Jehovah Elohim. Notice that even in your English translations, our English translations, it went from God to the Lord God. Did anybody Mm -hmm. ever catch that Mm -hmm. in chapter 2? Look in your Bible. Read your Bible. It goes from just Elohim to Jehovah Elohim, Lord God, which could be properly translated Jehovah of the gods. I'm just saying. Nobody wants to talk about that. Our translators were so afraid to put gods, plural. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes.
0: All translators were so, English translators were so afraid, King James and all, to put God's, what it really said, plural, Elohim. The bottom line is, none of this speculation, were it to be true, changes anything about who he is to us as his creation. And the fact remains that through believing on his son, Jesus, we have been marked and sealed as his children to become one of the immortals, life on other planets or not. I don't think any of this diminishes the magnificence or majesty or awesomeness of God in the least, no more than it did for Ezekiel to write what he experienced. On the contrary, it makes God bigger, more mysteriously powerful and real than ever before. It'd be interesting to know just how many of you who are listening uh, don't really find it sacrilegious to think we may not be alone. God may have done more than just put a man on earth in the last 10,000 millennia. (laughs) So fellow seekers until next time on God beyond the Bible God's grace peace and love on you never stop seeking and remember Psalms 9:10 says those who know your name will put their trust in you for you Lord have not forsaken those who seek you.
1: Did you enjoy listening to God beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at GodBeyondTheBible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at GodBeyondTheBible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.